and don't cry. Well, hello there. Hi, episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, January 8th, 2019, all the way into Season 2, Episode 15 of From the Press Box, and we're so glad you're here today. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined every week by the one, the only, the founder of Rocket Sports Media and our editor-in-chief across all of our brands, Mr. Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. A so, day out from your birthday celebrations. Happy oh. birthday. Every member of the Rocket Sports team were sending you <laughs> birthday wishes just a day late. Well, thank you very much. Cat's out of the bag, I guess. I appreciate that very much and um, yeah, it was a, I had a tremendous day yesterday, um, despite it being a Monday. Um, but you know, Mondays happen and Mondays can only be better if, you know, you have a, have something to celebrate. And so, yeah, I had a great day yesterday. Uh, thanks in part to, uh, all the, the birthday wishes that I received from friends and family and, and my Rocket Sports team members. And uh, my husband made sure I had a spectacular day, which was very much appreciated. Um, and so, yeah, it was uh, it was truly a very good birthday. And you had a little bit to celebrate on the weekend as well on uh, Sunday with that um, nail-biting victory. Oh, yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles. Actually, Cody Parkey himself Cody served up Parkey. an early birthday gift as I sat in my living room, morbidly depressed as I watched what was going to be a former Philadelphia Eagle kicker put our season away and deny us the chance to continue defending our Stan, uh, yes, Stanley Cup, uh, Super Bowl championship win. But then the double doink happened. The mm. double doink. Forever and known I don't- as forever known as the double doink. Uh, and I don't care what the NFL says. That was not a blocked kick. Cody Parkey, you just need to own it. You shanked it again. And it was so sweet. It was so sweet. The utter look of despair on the Chicago sideline, the Chicago bear mascot falling over in agony in the end zone. Ugh. And as a Vikings fan, I mean, it was it was tough. It was tough to 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 bring myself to watch the game. Uh, it was the Eagles really? last year. We all know that what happened there. And it was the Eagles who, on the last game of the regular season this season, um, displaced the Minnesota Vikings out of their rightful uh, playoff spot. Well, I don't know um, so, if I would say they displaced them, seeing as it required a Minnesota win to displace the Eagles, and Minnesota didn't quite do that. But against a hated <laughs> rival like the Bears, uh, yeah. as the game got on, I got a, went on. I got a little more enthusiastic about the Bears and and yeah. or, or about the the Eagles beating the Bears. Really? And, uh, yeah, that was the Cody Parkey thing was was very sweet. As as a Vikings fan, who you know we we've, we've had our own share of kicker uh, uh, that was just really sweet to watch. Mm. 
It was. And, you know, and I, I, I scoff at all of those out there looking at you, Dallas Cowboys fans, um, who like to say, oh, well, you know, the Eagles didn't really win that game. They just, I heard somebody yesterday say they just failed to lose. And that, I'm calling BS on that, because without that huge drive that Nick Foles put together before that, to go down there and get the touchdown, the Golden Tate, God, that trade, that trade, that midseason trade turned out to be clutch. If that drive didn't happen and Nick, Nicky Foles made that happen, if that doesn't happen, then it doesn't come down to that field goal, which the Bears kicker just couldn't handle. Got iced officially. At, oh, the timing. Peterson waits until it's too late for him to stop the kick, to ice him. Of course, it sails right through the uprights, and you just know what's going to happen on the second one. You just know it. Not to inject any controversy here or anything, but if Nikki Foles goes on another Cinderella kind of run and 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 takes I know the what you're going to deep ask. into the playoffs or, or even a, you know a, a repeat kind of situation, is there then a, a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia? No, absolutely not. It's um, it's that Carson Wentz has to play the first two thirds of a season and then he has to become unavailable to play the remainder of the season. And Nick Foles has to step in and, and march us the rest of the way home. If Nick Foles, if they traded Carson Wentz and kept Nick Foles as the starting quarterback, we would be Beautiful. last in the league. I guarantee yeah. you, we would be last in the league. Um, and Carson Wentz is a tremendous quarterback he has struggled this year a little bit the whole team has struggled he, uh, we had some bad injuries um yeah you you have to, you have to you have to keep Wentz but Foles has been like this is deja vu all over again right down to Carson getting injured again in December Nick Foles stepping in then they go on a winning streak they eat their way into the playoffs because thank you big Christmas gift from the Minnesota Vikings. They don't beat the bears. We eke into the playoffs and now we've, we've continued the streak of playoff wins from last season. So it's a little like deja vu and everyone's going to count. You know, I said uh, on Sunday, whenever all the picks were going to Chicago, I said, good, give them all to Chicago. We like it when we're the underdogs, we play better. And they're all, everyone's going to count us out against the Saints. I'm not denying it's going to be a really hard game. <laughs> it's going to be a really, really hard game. Uh, but don't count us out. Everybody did that last year. And uh, who marched a Lombardi trophy down Broad Street? I think it was the Eagles. I saw the highlights from the uh, Flyers game last night, and we won't mention the score because the Flyers are on a bit of a, a dip right now, Ugh. downturn. Um, but uh, even Gritty um, was mocking Cody Parkey. Uh, <laughs> Gritty is my pre-game. hero. Yeah. Gritty is my absolute hero. I can't wait to see. That's He is the only reason I want to watch the All-Star game, the NHL All-Star game. He's going to wreak havoc. Well, he was mocking um, that Sandra Bullock movie and and Cody Parkey all in one <laughs> little gritty <laughs> segment. So look that up online. 
Oh, yes. He was doing the bird box thing. Yeah. Have you done the bird box challenge yet? No. No? No. They, They say, like, people are legitimately, like, doing that while driving. Okay. I, I don't, I don't question, I, I, I question the common sense levels of, of people sometimes. So we should have an episode of the podcast, the Bird Box podcast? Is that? Where we have to do it blindfolded and not have access yeah. to any notes? Yeah. Just, we'd, ha- we'd have to just <laughs> Which is what I do the, anyway. So I was going to say, is that any different from our regular <laughs> We talk off the cuff anyway, so I mean, you know, when you when when a, when a, when two podcast hosts are as well versed in their knowledge and experience as we are, we can do that. Now, the only time I reference notes is for the national day calendar because I don't have that stuff off the top of oh. my head. But you we know, usually I, skip that as we're doing today. We're skipping the National English Toffee Day. I think. Ew. Uh, sorry to Werthers and. Macintosh lovers, we're going to skip that yeah, today. No, that's we're skipping that. In fact, our frequent listener and National Day fan Kathy uh, DM'd me yesterday to say, oh, "Is it today? Is today on my birthday?" To say, "Is it the National Day of Amy?" And I was like, "I like the sound of that." Oh, nice. It is the National Day of Amy. It was uh, it was pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Well. If we're going to gloss right over the English Toffee Day, uh, I can tell you that uh, we have plenty to get into today uh, outside of football. Um, And, of course, we're going to take a look at what the Laval Rocket did last week in our first segment. Uh, They had three games last week, uh, all of which were at home. They played Belleville once, and then the Rochester Americans came in for a two-game stretch. So we're going to talk about how things went in those three games. Uh, There was a couple of things to update regarding the roster. Um, And then we're going to talk just briefly. Rick, I feel like it's a broken record that we keep coming back to the topic of kind of this stagnation of, of Habs prospects. And it's rearing its ugly head again in, in the news and in hockey Twitter this week. Uh, So we're going to talk a little bit about, Habs prospects and and those that kind of seem to get stuck and then don't know what to do with them. We're going to touch on that a little bit. And then in our second segment around the NHL, we're going to talk about uh, how Mike McKenna's journey has not yet stopped. We talked uh, last week, uh, his trade just happened last week uh, before we went on the air uh, from Ottawa to Vancouver, but his journey did not end there. We're going to update you on that, talk about the player of the week for the league, And the AHL All-Star Classic rosters were released. And so who is it that's going to be representing the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and other notable names from other teams around the league? We're going to take a look at that. And in the final segment, we're just going to give a quick one last look uh, at the prospects performance in the World Juniors, which ended uh, over the weekend and uh, just see how they fared in the medal rounds um, as far as uh, prospect standouts and, and things of that nature. There's been plenty of uh, prospect movement since the World Juniors ended, that's for sure. And we'll take a look at what we've got in store for coverage this week. Sounds great. It does. Um, 
what didn't sound great last week when we when we were on the air, we we aired on Wednesday last week, and that was just um, just in advance of. Belleville coming into town to play the Laval Rocket that night. Um, and we, we, we had said, okay, it's, there's three games this week, one at home against Belleville, two at home against Rochester, who the previous weekend, the league-leading Charlotte Checkers came into town and um, Laval didn't get demolished by them. Uh, in fact, they, they stood up pretty well against them for the most part. This time it was the division-leading Rochester Americans and again, the question was, does the prognosis look good for this week? And we weren't sure. Um, and it turns out that the Rocket did okay for the week. Uh, they started off with a 4-2 win uh, over Belleville on Wednesday night. They did lose their first game to Rochester on Friday night, but they lost it in a shootout. They gave them a, a pretty good fight uh, on Friday night, and then they beat Rochester in regulation two to one on Saturday. So, um, Rick, you know, it's they've really they're finding ways to get points, and they're finding ways to get enough points that I know this sounds crazy, but they're actually right now uh, only sitting three points out of three or four points out of a playoff position, um, which. I'm not saying I'm not going so far as to saying this team is uh, looks like it's going to be making the playoffs for sure. But suddenly, you know, the the race is pretty tight in their division, but they're managing to find points where maybe we might not have thought they would have found points. Is you know, is this kind of a true sign of improvement on the team? What with injuries and and the enforced blue line uh, with all of the NHL defensemen they have, or, or is this kind of fluky? They play well at home and they've been home for 90% of December and January. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. And as we've said before, they struggled last season. So um, if they've made an improvement uh, with the way they approach uh, home games and, and, and uh, they have a better record, obviously this year uh, with home games. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, on the positive side, they've, they've won five of their last 10 uh, in, in their last five games. They, they haven't lost in regulation. Um, all those kinds of things are, are positive. Um, we saw uh, uh, I think two out of the three uh, games, they got a power play goal, which the, the mm-hmm. power play has been, been dismal. And um, I guess though, if you want to um, have some hope for uh, playoffs, uh, that is uh, rocket fans, you'd want to see s- something that's happening consistently and that you can depend on that. You're going to be able to say, okay, that's fixed. That's, 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 um, g- has gotten better moving forward. And so we know we can predict that, that uh, they're going to now move up the standings. We haven't quite seen that. It's been a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's been, you know, the, the uh, limiting the opposition, uh, some low scoring games, some low uh, uh, shot totals. Um, oh, especially Saturday. My goodness. Uh, well, that's, that's just it. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't think, um, 
you know, when you go into a game and, and, and you win the game, Lavelle beat Rochester two to one. Um, but they did that on 15 shots. Um, are they, and, and we know that goal scoring has been a problem. We know that generating offense has been a problem. Um, you know, are you confident that things have been fixed, that they're moving in the right direction? No, things have been kind of, um, you know, kind of fluky sometimes, sometimes uh, some surprising efforts. I think we've seen uh, Daniel Audette. Um, he's, uh, he's ramped up his effort and, and yes, he he's has. on a bit of a, 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 a point streak. Um, I want to say he's uh, on an eight game point streak, something like that. It's yeah. And, and, and all of that is, is very positive. Um, but is it something that can be relied on and is it something that's going to, um, that has been fixed and is going to be, uh, consistent moving forward. And I don't think we can say that. So, um, and, and as well, uh, you know, even, even though five, five wins in the last 10 games is, is certainly a lot better than where we've seen this team this year. It's not going to be enough. Uh, it's got to be a, a, a better pace, a higher pace in order to, um, move up the standings. The number of people that the, the number of teams that uh, they have to bypass to to get into uh, a serious playoff race. Absolutely, and and as you say, you know, shots have been there for those who missed our recap. Be sure you head over to AHL.report for our full recaps of all of our games, complete with statistics and game summaries and and post game audio and whatnot. Uh, they only had 15 shots on goal, as you say, six in the first, five in the second, four in the third. I mean, that's and, and whereas Rochester put up 29 shots on goal, um, that's just not going to cut it. Most nights, that's just not going to cut it. Um, it. We talked last week about how Connor Lacouve has had kind of this interesting story uh coming up with big wins and and he was the one in net for that two to one victory on saturday um he's just having a time of it i can tell you um charlie lingren is still not back yet uh now the team does travel to um manitoba this weekend for two games uh in in winnipeg against the manitoba moose no word yet as to whether or not lingren will be traveling or ready to play. He has been skating. He has been taking practice. So just know that as, you know, as soon as Charlie Lindgren is back and ready, the lot, the, the Connor Lacuve swan song is going to come to an abrupt end. Um, that being said, Michael McNiven, despite being in net for the loss on the week, uh, the shootout loss on Friday, uh, McNiven, looked very good in that game, particularly in overtime. Uh, he was very strong in the overtime period um, facing they, – uh, they, Rochester only had four shots uh, in overtime, but McNiven, McNiven was, was spot on for the whole game. So he's, it looks like he's getting a bit of confidence, um, which will be helpful when Lingren comes back um, for sure. And it's just, you know – you talk, Rick, about you're wanting to see some consistency, something you can grasp onto to say, oh, okay, that's that's what we're going to see going forward. But the funny thing is, when you listen to to Joel Bouchard's post game comments every night, particularly after a win, 
or even not, it's it's that he it's he's making it sound like he's feeling like, okay, well, we're winning because everybody's buying in now. Uh, he keeps using the uh, everyone wants things instantly and things take time. So it took us a while to gel. It took us a while to find chemistry, but now the guys are coming together. Everybody's buying into what we're doing here. Um, and that's why things are working now. We've made some adjustments. I don't know that that's the answer. Um, coupled with he's now coming back quite frequently in post-game pressers to how young his team is. So I don't know if he's, I'm not sure if he keeps saying that because that's the reason that's his reasoning for why they had such a, a, an up and down start to the season because they have such a young, they have such a young lineup, one of the youngest in the league. Um, But that's not, first of all, that's, that's not an excuse. You're supposed to have youth on your team. You need prospects for they're there for development. And secondly, your defensive core is mostly NHLers. Granted, you've lost Alsner now, um, but you're, well, you're getting an, you're getting another veteran kind of guy here soon. Um, so it, it just seems to be kind of all over the place when you hear, when you see what's happening on the ice versus what you hear coming from the coach. Yeah, uh, that, that's, that's been the only consistent thing um, we've seen with respect to this team all year. Uh, more or less, is uh, his rhetoric uh, doesn't match um, what, what we're seeing. And, and, and he seems all over the place with, with it. Um, you know, he, he consistently contradicts uh, himself. And um, so, you know, I, I think the, the excuses, if, that, if, if it's about being, um, you know, having an inex- inexperienced lineup or a young lineup, um, those are choices that they made. They they knew what they were getting, and they they thought that this was the uh, recipe for being able to win. And we know that was the only goal. Development's not the goal. Um, we know that that the focus was on on winning and making the playoffs. And and um, so to now use that as as an excuse when it was, when it was by design, well, well, you're, I guess trying to make excuses for your own uh, mistakes. Um, I, I, it, I, I think that the, um, the, this whole Connor LeCouvé uh, thing is, 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 is quite interesting. And, and, and yes, um, he's been helped. Um, he's been helped by the, the defensive play and, and you know Lavelle has has been in a kind of the opposite situation that they were in last year. Last year they were scrambling for players, uh, mm-hmm. trying to 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 scrounge players from everywhere. Um, and this year they've had an abundance of players. Um, and and the the problem has been the opposite: too many players, and certainly um, more NHL uh, more. Uh, uh, players coming down from the NHL than we've ever seen um, with this, uh, with, with uh, Montreal's AHL franchise. Um, so they've had all of this talent and how to use it um, mostly on the defensive side. And, and um, it's helped. It certainly helped with the, with the goals against for a team who, who uh, can't score 
Um, I guess it helps to have good standing and and a, a solid defense in front. Um, and you know, Laval has 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 even before uh, Lacouve has had good goaltending all year has had a pretty good defense. Uh, Laval's been in uh, the top 10 in, in goals against um, all season long. Um, so when, you know, we look at La Cuvée, um he's played six AHL games this year, uh, three with each of Utica and uh, with Laval. And his stats are, are just uh, completely different. He didn't mm-hmm. in those three games with Utica, he didn't have a win. Um he had a 287 goals against and and his save percentage was just 877. Now all of a sudden in the three games with Laval, his save percentage is 932 and he's got a 168 goals against and has won uh, the three starts that he's been in. So um, call it, you know, a, a, a good attitude, youthful enthusiasm, finding a good fit, feeling good about his game, but also, um, the the defense and the defensive play of the Laval Rocket are certainly uh, assisting uh, this little run that he's on. And another interesting addition to that story is Etienne Marcoux, who was on this team from the get go. Um, you know, out of out of training camp and whatnot, uh, went down to Brampton, but but got called up then once Lindgren went out with an injury and now Lacouve comes in. Marcou had had a couple of games where he struggled and he's the one that finds himself shipped back down to the ECHL last week, uh, back down to Brampton and Lacouve gets to stay and, and ride out the rest of Charlie Lindgren's injury, um, which I would imagine is probably a pretty tough pill for Mr. Marcou to swallow. And we thought at the time it was an odd uh, signing. Um, in in the summer, we it it just it just um, struck everyone as as a little odd, and and mm-hmm. uh, because he hadn't he had kind of come in and and um, and and helped out in a pinch kind of thing, but um, you know he wasn't. Um, we thought part of the the solution necessarily, and and so the fact that that it, he was so easily replaced um, by someone who um, you know it's been okay, I guess, in in the ECHL, but but hasn't been putting up great numbers there either, um, right? And and certainly didn't have a good run with with Utica, but but uh, was easily replaced and is now um, you know performing. He's on his his little his little run. And then, as you said, when, when Lindgren comes back, um, he'll be uh, heading back to Maine as well. Well, you spoke about how he's certainly, he and the team in general, as far as getting these wins, um, because let's face it, uh, playing against teams like the Charlotte checkers and the Rochester Americans, um, getting wins against those teams has not been because your offense suddenly your stick started waking up. It's because of the defense that you've had uh, back there in your own zone. Um, And you talked about how, you know, the team and, and the goaltenders have been getting uh, quite a bit of help from the experience that the current uh, blue line has for the Laval rocket. And now (laughs) 
you know, they're the, the rest the other 30 teams in the um, AHL must be green with envy uh, at the, the NHL experience on, on Laval's defense, because now Montreal put David Schlemko on waivers yesterday and he cleared today, which means he is now assigned to the Laval Rockets. So, David Schlemko, there you've got some more NHL experience coming down to help out um, back there on the blue line. Yeah, green with envy if if the concern is only wins. But in terms right. of development, I th- I would think that other teams would be looking on and saying, you know, what are you doing? Why why are you uh, you must you must think that there's not much there to develop if you're adding. You know, now there's um, there's Xavier Ouellette, there's David Schlemko, uh, Noah, Ju- Noah Juleson came down um, and mm-hmm. is, uh, has been injured. But, um, you know, it leaves very little room for uh, the Brett Learnouts and the Kale Flurries, uh, the David Sklunichkas, um to um, to get the ex- kind of experience they need to be able to uh, uh, take that next step in helping the organization in some way, whether it's at the NHL level or, or the AHL level, or as a, as an asset to uh, move elsewhere. It'll be interesting to see how Schlemko gets utilized uh, this weekend as, as they head out on the road. Um, and Julson, not sure there yet. We haven't had any definitive uh, word yet on, on when he will be, returning as well um hopefully uh hopefully it'll it will be soon uh Lindgren is probably closer to coming back than Julson is but we will be sure to keep everyone uh, posted on that um you know and Rick, Rick that kind of leads into the big topic that we want to talk about today is as far as Laval's concerned and, and the Canadians organization you know you're talking about how having this NHL experience down on the blue line doesn't leave much room for the prospects that you're trying to develop to, to get ahead in their development when, you know, they're relegated to the the third and fourth line or they're relegated to the, the third pairing, um, things of that nature. And we talked about this um, quite a bit. Uh, Well, we've talked about it quite a bit in the past as far as Jacob De La Rose was concerned and and how he was utilized when he was finally when he finally transitioned to the NHL um, and what the problems were there. We talked about it extensively so far this season in terms of Nikita Sherback, and we're going to talk about him again uh, here in just a moment. But uh, it it seems like yet again, there's a there's a Canadians prospect that everyone had high hopes on uh, who is now floundering in the organization and, and making uh, whose agent is making noise about him not getting ice time and so forth. And, and what is the big question mark future for Charles Houdon? That's um, it's, it's a tough one because, you know, we've seen Charles Houdon come up um in in the through the AHL and and um, you know we watched every game he played. We've talked to him after games a lot. He's he's uh, he's a guy that's got a you know um, a, a good heart. He wants to play this game. Um, we've seen him struggle at the AHL level, and and we've seen um, you know the the Sylvain Lefebvre and his crew did a great job um, with with Charles Sudan. Um, um, 
helping him adapt um, from being that, that one dimensional um, scoring threat that he was. Um, and, and then when, when he got to the, the NHL, we, you know, all of that kind of dried up and, and um, you know, we've talked about that transition and uh, part of it is up to the player. Part of it is up to the coach, the NHL coaching staff. And, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't worked out for, for uh, Houdon. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's odd because uh, more so than uh, Jakob De La Rose, more so than, than uh, Nikita Sherbak, certainly uh, the decks were cleared for Charles Houdon. Um he was given a kind of at times a red carpet treatment. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in, in, in the preseason this year, we saw Houdon, uh, when, when, uh, when he was playing, he was with Drouin and, and scores. When we saw Nikita Sherback playing, he was with, uh, uh Matthew Pekka and, and Nicholas Delorier and, um, yeah. uh, not and, the same trial prior- at all. <laughs> Even prior to that, um, you know, we had, uh, and we've mentioned this before, Mark Bergevin coming forward and saying, I traded San Andrigetto, uh to, to clear a path uh, to the NHL for Charles Houdon. Um, and, and clearly Andrigetto had, had more talent than Houdon. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, um, it's been difficult because uh, when you do those kinds of things, when you make those kinds of, of, of gestures, sometimes a player doesn't um, have to work as hard, or sometimes a player gets an elevated view of them their themselves in their head, and and um, not necessarily saying that's what's happened to Houdon, but um, you know uh, we we just don't know where he's very truly fits. Um, he's right now he's a fringe NHLer. Um, mm-hmm. You know he he. Uh, he's not the kind of guy who has enough um, um, skill and he's, he's got, he's got hands, he's got vision. He's, he has a a good feel. He knows where to go on the ice, those open spots. And, and in that way uh, he made up for some of his inadequacies in the AHL. You know, he's, he's, he's not the best of skaters. He doesn't have that high end speed that you might expect. Um, so he needed to be smart to know where to go. Um, his, de- his defensive game, although it improved in the AHL, has been something criticized by Claude Julien. Uh, and he's been known to take bad penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might want to you might want to bring someone in and let them work all that out. Ten minutes a game on the on the fourth line, but. Uh, a, a Charles Houdon is not the kind of doesn't have the kind of of, of makeup that goes into a, a Claude Julien fourth line. Um, you know, it's kind of a no go zone for for skilled players. It's 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 the Logan Shaws and the Byron Phrases and the the Dwight King and Steve Ott and and we've seen this year with Delorier and and Chapu and Agostino. Um, it's not where Charles Houdon can can work things out and, and improve and get better. Um, and he just isn't playing well enough to be on the third line or above. Um, so it's, he's really, and I think perhaps he's seeing it and the agent is seeing he's run into a, 
a dead end with this particular organization. And uh, they've, they've let it be known that, that, that Charles wants to play in the NHL or at least uh, try to play in the NHL. And uh, they're figuring that, that it's not going to be with the Montreal Canadiens. And unfortunately, Rick, that puts the Canadians organization right back into the, the wash, rinse and repeat cycle that we have seen this year where they lost Jacob Delarose to a waiver claim. Then they lost Nikita Sherback to a waiver claim. These are, these are high end prospects uh, who should have been producing, should have been performing, should have been developed a bit more thoughtfully and at the very least should have garnered you some return who you lost for nothing. So now you have Charles Houdon dangling here. Um, the third big homegrown prospect uh, this season who the more and more and more that he sits in that press box, the further and further and further his trade value goes through the basement and you get to a point where the Habs just seem to be shooting themselves in the foot this season as far as, as getting anything and, and managing their assets properly to make sure that they're not just bleeding prospects for nothing and, and finding nothing to stop the bleeding and getting nothing in return. Well, when you go out and actively recruit um you know, the, the Matthew Pekka's or the Chaput's or the Agostino's or the Xavier Willette's or, or Simone Dupre for that matter. Um, mm. And, and bring them into your organization, your prior to setting the priority above your own drafted prospects. And that sends a real chilling message right through the organization. Um, and, and it's got to be really disheartening um, for those that have been uh, drafted by this this team, and and you know, as you said, in some cases, uh, have been uh, have been uh, let go without any return at all. Speaking of Simone Dupre, uh, interestingly enough, you know, we talked about how we we were scratching our heads when he was signed to a PTO uh, after being offered a contract at the beginning of the season after training camp, which he turned down. Uh, then didn't go on to play anywhere else, then got signed to a PTO in Laval, which, uh, okay, their defense wasn't an issue. He goes off and plays at the Spangler Cup, um, comes back. He's released from his PTO to go play in the Spangler Cup, comes back, and Laval, talk about transparency here, Laval announces that they made a contract offer to Simone Dupre upon his return, and he said, yeah, I'm good. I think I'm going to explore what else I can do. So that, that was, is, that was <laughs> is bizarre, is bizarre <laughs> disturbing and, and, and really is uh, a bad story about this, this, uh, this organization um, for Bouchard to bring in his, his friend, his buddy um, and, and give him a top spot, you know, uh, take up um, um ice time that, that others are, are, you know, working their asses off for, and you just plunk that person in, you plug Simone Dupre into your top pairing, let him um, tune up uh, so that he can go off to this, the Spangler cup just in case. So he can showcase himself, uh, him and his one assist at the Spangler. Um, 
for for potential new employers, um, you know that whole thing is is just really disturbing when it comes to talking about developing um, mm-hmm. uh, and encouraging and motivating um, your own prospects. That that's that's a really sad tale that uh, no one is talking about. And you know, I hate to sound like a Debbie Downer, but um, you know, maybe 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 just a little bit, uh, the organization learned their lesson a little bit at how. Okay, well, you made you made Simone Dupre the priority instead of instead of your prospects, um, and that came back to bite you. And you tried to make him the you know you tried to make him the priority again after the Spengler Cup, and and it came back to bite you. Um, and, and it's, it's not, as you say, it's not a good look for the organization at all. Um, it's quite obvious that Simone Dupre used the Laval rocket and the Montreal Canadians organization, uh, for his own purposes, his own agenda and his own gains, and then went on his merry way. Uh, it's not a good look at all. Um, one other name we brief before we before we head to our first break. One other name that we had mentioned a few minutes ago, Rick, was Nikita Sherbeck. And my goodness, just like there are those in Montreal who are so in love with PK Subban that they will never be able to let him go in the Montreal media. On the flip side of that, there are so many in Montreal fans and media alike who just cannot stand Nikita Sherbeck that they can't let him go either. After it came out this week that the LA Kings put Nikita Sherback on waivers, Montreal's Twitter, you know, hockey Twitter for for Montreal just went nuts. Oh, Mark Bergevin was right. Rene Lavoie was right. Everybody was right. Uh, He must be horrible. There were some saying, oh, this is obviously setting him up for a season in the KHL next year. And, and of course, once he cleared waivers yesterday, then it was see how bad he is. Nobody wanted to pick him up. Now he's going to go play in the AHL. He's uh, I saw someone that said, "Oh, okay. So since he cleared waivers, it means nobody wanted him, which means he was a bad draft pick." That's li- that's literally what somebody I saw said on Twitter today, which I just was like, "Okay, you're a moron." Um, but it's funny, Rick, how no one, you know, these these journalists and and armchair GMs at home and whatnot all want to are so, so quick to jump on the oh, assumption wagon, but none of them can pick up their mouse and pick up their keyboard and go to that little thing called Google and look to see, well, what was said out of LA surrounding this move by the Kings to put him on waivers? What was said about his play, his attitude, his work ethic. What's the coach have to say? Um, what was the issue? None of them did that. I haven't seen any of them bring any of those quotes or any of that information forward in their joyride around, you know, let's dance on Nikita Sherbach's career. Um, and I think if any of them actually did a little research, they might be surprised. And then They'd be in an oh crap situation because, well, we can't say that because those are positive things that are coming out of L.A. Yeah, I, there, there's so much um, misinformation or, or people just taking wild stabs at things. And, and, you know, you see that from from 
uninformed fans uh, all the time on on social media. But but in this case, it, it's coming from uh, people who have blogs or people who uh, are are mm-hmm. mainstream media and and uh, you know was was right. Well, first, what he did was completely unethical, and we we talked about that you know many times talking to the president of the organization uh, of the Kings. And, and secondly, you know, Renaud Lavoie said, um, you know, he doesn't belong. He's not even an AHL. Sherback is not an AHL caliber player. And, and that's just ludicrous. Um, I, I think, you know, it's been a, it's been a really tough year uh, for Nikita Sherback to sit as long as he did uh, not get any kind of uh there wasn't any kind of of uh discussion with him there wasn't as we heard um there wasn't and and everything was was negative um and and he's had a you know he's had a tough year so he got picked up by LA and um thrown into um without being able to go to the AHL thrown into a situation where he had to perform at a high level immediately, um, and 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 in order to to stay in the lineup, and of course he couldn't do that, uh, and and we shouldn't expect that. So when this all happened um, uh, with uh, Sherback being placed on on waivers, I sent you a message and said the best thing that could happen to him would be to go to the Ontario Reign. Um, and and that's that's indeed what's what's going to happen. Um, Nikita Sherback has played 13 games um, of hockey this this year. Uh, partly, you know, his conditioning stint in Laval, and partly with with the Los Angeles Kings. And and with Los Angeles, um, you know, we're hearing uh, the coach is saying all kinds of good things about him. He's He's, uh, his attitude is great. Uh, his, his work ethic is great. His skill is, is amazing, but he's just not at the level where he's ready to play a lot of hockey. Um, and um, so I can't put him into the, that situation. And so then he plays eight minutes uh, a, a night, and, and then he, he isn't able to, to improve his level so that he can put it. So it's a, it's a, a kind of a, uh, a tough situation all around and a defeating. So if he can go to the AHL, if he can play a lot of minutes, if he can get his game back and then they recall him and, and, you know, Los Angeles was making all the, the kinds of noises that, that they wanted to keep this player. Um, so, you know, you're not really going to see um, another team at this time of, of the year, just, uh, you know, weeks away from the all-star game and when trades start to happen, you're not going to see a- another team taking on Nikita Sherback, who hasn't played, knowing that, that he's not ready to, to engage at the NHL level and knowing that they can't send him to the AHL. It's just to think that he was going to get picked up on waivers was silly. It's, it's, it's people who don't understand the situation. And to then assume that that nobody wanted him. He's a discard. He's a piece of garbage. He's, you know, he's, he's useless is, is, is nonsense as well. It's, it's just not understanding the, 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 the big picture, the complexity of the situation. He's played so little hockey. Um, it's not the time of year that, that uh, Nikita Sherback um, is going to be 
claimed on 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 waivers. Um, and so this is this is a great opportunity. He can go to the rain. He can he can play in the AHL. He can work to get his game back, and he has the desire and passion to to get back to um, the NHL. And and um, perhaps after the trade deadline, after there's uh, a lot of movement that happens, uh, perhaps he'll he'll be back to the the um, NHL as well. Um, it's it's just a uh, you know, a, a, a lot of nonsense out there. A lot of people who are 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 confidently speaking about things they know nothing about. Well, and you know, don't just take it from us. I mean, we've we've certainly uh, covered Nikita Sherbeck more than anyone in Montreal has ever since he was drafted. But if you don't want to take our word for it, take. His his L.A. Kings head coach's word for it. Willie Desjardins has said exactly what you just said, Rick. He has said in those exact words, going down, it's the best thing for him. And here here is here is a quote from Willie Desjardins surrounding putting him on waivers. I like his skill. I like his attitude. He's got a good attitude. He wants to get better. Uh, and then he goes on to say. He wants to play right now, though. He's not quite at the level we need him. So it's good if he goes down. He can improve. And hopefully, if he gets his game back on track, he'd be a guy that can help us. And just that alone, Rick, I mean, how many times do you hear on Twitter, within the media, within fans, people running the rumor rampant that he's got a bad attitude and that he's lazy? And here's Willie Desjardins saying exactly the opposite. I like his skill. I like his attitude. And he's working hard because he really wants to play. It's a shame that none of that gets, makes its way across to the other side of the continent for those in Montreal to understand that it's not, as you say, just as simple as, oh, he stinks, put him on waivers. Oh, he really stinks. Nobody claimed him. Um, and that it's, there's, there's more to it than that. Um, in addition to that, it, it was interesting to note that at the same time, Cat Friendly had put out that with him, uh, clearing waivers, the LA Kings club had now shed enough cap space to be able to, um, exit LTIR once Trevor Lewis was ready to return. So there's also, there's also other things organizationally at play here. Um, but again, as you say, nobody wants to take the time to, to actually think intelligently about it. They're more excited to jump on the, oh, 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 we were right. And, oh, Mark Bergevin was right. And, oh, the media was right. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a symptom of a, of a really – unfortunate disease that that is very deep in 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 things within hockey fandom in in Montreal and it's it's very unfortunate to see to see that continue to happen over and over and over again well and I think it's as simple as the media in Montreal has a different role um, than you see anywhere else Um, in in Montreal it's not a reporting role for us, it is for us. We, mm-hmm. we, uh, but it's, uh, uh, they see themselves as, 
as having an activist role, that they have a role to play in the, in the outcomes of, of uh, decisions. Um, and uh, that, activist, that activism causes them to, um, you know, narrowly report things or report things that aren't true at all or, or start uh, developing these narratives that, um, you know, the things have, and, and, and it's not limited just to Nikita Sherback. I mean, it's, it's, um, we've seen awful, awful things, um, said about Carrie Price and, and going back, you know, the, the, the silliness that was, was, uh, said about the Kostitsans and, um, you know, for Carrie Price, Angela Price has had to make two, press releases this this year to, which is to clarify issues uh, which is insane that is insane to, uh, that Angela Price is having to make press releases to counteract the idiocy in the mainstream media it's just it's it's that's not her job <laughs> I hate to break it to everyone but it's not her job to clarify things for just like as you know one of them was Yes, Kerry really did have an injury. No, he wasn't like faking it so he could stay home while Millie was born. I mean, it's just it's pathetic. Um, she's a new mom again. He's a new dad again. They've got bigger and better things to worry about than than having to clarify what no one else seems to want to do. Uh, it's not their job to have to do it. Right now, though, it's my job to send us to a quick break so we can catch a breath, grab a drink of water uh, before we dive into segment two. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be gone for just a moment. Give you a short little uh, commercial break here, and we'll be back on the other side with some more news around the AHL. So don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Rick, last week we talked about what seems like a career-long, never-ending journey for Mr. Mike McKenna uh, around the AHL and NHL. And in fact, last week, uh, just before we, we went on the air with the podcast, he was traded yet again uh, within the same building as Vancouver was visiting Ottawa that night. He was traded from Ottawa to Vancouver um, with the ex- expectation that he would then be put on waivers, sent down to Utica, uh, where then Thatcher Demko would be called up to Vancouver because it's been said that it is his time to get a look, a good solid long look in the NHL. Um, but he never quite made it to Utica, did he? The best laid plans, you know. 
And, and, you know, uh, um, it probably takes uh, a, a person with the kind of personality that Mike McKenna has to Absolutely. Um, absorb this and take it all in stride. Um, you as know, easy we're going not, as they come. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about, um, you know, someone who, who I don't know, uh, you know, uh, a suitcase Gary Smith kind of situation is is kind of when, when this kind of thing comes up, that's kind of the reference point. But, um, you know, we're, people may not realize that, that um, uh, Mike McKenna was a big part of the Syracuse Crunch's uh, uh, playoff drive in, in uh, 2016-17. And then mm-hmm. he turned around and went uh, to the, the Dallas Stars and with, with the Texas Stars, um, he was he was lights out. He was he was great yeah, he was. for for them last season. Um, you know when he's gone to to organizations, he's he's made them better. He's um, you know there was a bit of a uh, Texas didn't didn't um, uh, win the Calder Cup, but they certainly uh, pushed the Marlies, and uh, and Mike McKenna was a big part of that 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 whole playoff run. Um, so uh, he has some value. He, he has, uh, you know, he has that veteran experience. He's mm-hmm. able to roll with the punches, whether it's, it's, um, you know, being a, a an NHL backup or, or your starter, uh, with your AHL squad. And, um, and, and so you have to, to respect uh, him for that. And, and, uh, you know, for him to, be bounced around as much as he had even this season well yeah I mean he's all over the place and so he doesn't clear waivers he never makes it to Utica because the Philadelphia Flyers claimed him um and so the Flyers goaltending issues uh, it's uh it's on the menu every day Uh uh-huh it's on the menu every day and so Mike McKenna is now Philly bound uh, with Neuvert having yet another lower body injury, uh, Carter Hart now finds himself as the starting goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers, believe it or wow. not. And Mike McKenna will be his backup. He is getting his first start tonight. Uh, he's been on the bench for the last two games, but he'll get a start tonight. Um, and as you mentioned to me today, um, he'll if you have the opportunity to tune in, you might want to do so because he'll be looking really dapper in his mask and his pads and his blocker setup. His equipment, um, yeah, his, his setup is <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's quite ridiculous uh, because of all the different colors and all the different teams. Uh, the the Flyers uh, equipment manager, Derek uh, Selmeyer, took a couple of rolls of tape of stick tape basically and blacked out his entire mask and slapped a flyers sticker on the side of it it looks like uh, and basically did the same thing with his pads uh, blacked them out with a couple of stripes of orange tape as well um, so that he looks sort of like he belongs um, <laughs> It's a, it's a very, very unique look. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that it's going closely. To, yeah. I'm not sure it's one that's going to catch on uh, around the league or anything like that. 
Um, How much no, tape I, did they use on that mask? My he said in a, there's an article on the AHL's website uh, from yesterday, I think, uh, where he basically says, like, essentially, I have a whole, I, I've got a whole roll of tape on my head. <laughs> but it's not going to help me win any games. I, I just have to go out and, and do what I normally do and not worry about the fact that there's a whole roll of tape on my head. <laughs> so best of luck to Mike McKenna, hoping maybe he can help uh, the Flyers snap their seven-game losing skid. Um, interesting uh, tidbit out of that article. So the Flyers now become, I think, one of only three or four teams in NHL history who have started um, – seven goaltenders, at least seven goaltenders in the course of a season. One of the other teams historically that did that was the Quebec Nordiques who started eight goaltenders in one season. I want to say back in the late eighties, the seventh goaltender who started for the Nordiques that season was the Flyers current interim head coach, Scott Gordon. Um, so that's a little nice time. Small. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciated that little tidbit in in the article. Uh, although Gordon Gordon did say that he he's not likening his experience to McKenna's as at the time when he went in for his start, um, the Nordiques were something had only I think nine wins on the season, something like that. And as as he said, he he was quoted as basically saying it was about to be a fire sale for the Nordiques at the trade deadline. So not, not quite the same situation, but um, best of luck to Mike McKenna uh, in his first start tonight uh, for the Flyers. And hopefully it's a good one. Another goaltender who's uh, making a name for himself is Jordan Bennington uh, from the San Antonio Rampage. Uh, Some of our followers may recognize that name from when Bennington was a goaltender for the Providence Bruins. Um, He is now playing for the San Antonio Rampage. He's the CCM AHL Player of the Week, allowing only one goal on 63 shots during his two starts for the Rampage last week, and then got a call up to the parent club, the St. Louis Blues, um, which uh, really up to date, he earned a shutout in his first game with the Blues. So Jordan Bennington's having quite a week. (laughs) Nice. Jordan Bennington's having quite a week. Um, And he was, uh, I I do remember when he played for the Bruins, he's quite the character um, in, in the crease, uh, in fact, he was, I want to say it was during the playoffs last year uh, against the Phantoms, I believe. And he was, I want to say that he was the goaltender who kind of had to exit the ice a little early after the in-between periods because he, he went after one of the Phantoms players as the two teams were crossing each other on the ice to uh, to oh, come off. Right. So he, yeah, that was Jordan Bennington. <laughs> so he's a... Uh, He's a bit of a firecracker, so good for good for Jordan that he's finding some success with uh, San, San Antonio and the St. Louis organization. Congratulations also need to go out to all of the players who have been announced as representatives for their teams for the 2019 AHL All-Star Classic, which is just coming up in like three weeks. Uh, we're, we're all going to be gathering there in Springfield, Massachusetts this year for 
uh, the Lexus AHL All-Star Classic presented by the MGM Springfield. Um, lots of talent uh, for the Laval Rocket. Um, it's Alex Belziel who will be representing, uh, who currently is the points leader for the Laval Rocket. Uh, in fact, I can tell you here in just a second, I believe he currently has Last I checked, he had 27 points. He still has 27.7 goals and 20 assists on the season. Uh, and Byron Fraze is right behind him at 23 points. But Alex Belzio will be the Laval Rockets representative uh, in the North Division for the All-Star Classic. For the Phantoms, they'll have two representatives. They'll have Colin McDonald, who will also act as a captain for the All-Star Classic, uh, as well as Greg Carey. Um but Rick, it's interesting to see some other names that are popping up uh, in in all of the divisions. Um, you know, there's there's names that we know. Vitek Vanacek, one of the goaltenders uh, from the Hershey Bears, will be there. Um, Yanni Kukinen from the Charlotte Checkers. Sebastian Aho from the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. In the North Division, you've got guys like, oh, I don't know, Zach Redmond. Uh, he'll be he'll be there, which I should mention when Rochester played in Laval this past weekend. Zach Redman was the first star on Friday night, and he was the third star on Saturday night. Um, How did that happen? Yeah, because he's good. Um, <laughs> in the Central Division, uh, Dan Carr will be representing the Chicago Wolves. Uh, Chris Terry will be representing the Grand Rapids Griffins. Um, are we sensing a theme here? Mm. Uh, Mason Appleton for the Manitoba Moose, Eric Brandstrom, who uh, just made a a spectacular showing at the world juniors for team Sweden, uh, will also be representing the Chicago wolves. Um, Colin Delea, who, um, who is, uh, helping out in Chicago, um, with their Mm goaltending issues. Um, uh, Jordan Cairo, uh, one of your favorites from the San Antonio oh, yes. Rampage. Curtis um, Lazar, representing the Stockton Heat in the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. But interesting, interesting that we've got Zach Redmond, Daniel Carr, and Chris Terry there yet again. Um, Chris Terry's been in plenty of All-Star weekends. Well, we've talked about a couple of times this this year in that, for those who are listening for the first time, um, you know, those three players were considered expendable by the, the Canadians organization and, and for mm-hmm. uh, Laval who's having trouble um, scoring and has been all season. Uh, those players would look pretty good in a Laval rocket uniform right now. They, they would. And had the Canadians really thought through things, they would have, done whatever they needed to do to, to strike a deal with any of those players to keep them around. Um, especially uh, the likes of Chris Terry, who is, who is certainly lighting up the scoring again. Um, and Zach Redman is, is the best defenseman in the AHL right now. I mean, there's just no, there's no questioning that. Um, so it should be a pretty fun all-star classic. Of course, the rocket sports media team will be there. Rick and I will be, will be in Springfield uh, bringing you, all of the action, all of the mascot madness, all of the the skills competition and the, the all-star game itself. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a few weeks away. And congratulations to everyone who was uh, selected to participate. 
Looking forward to seeing Connor Ingram, who certainly for me has been one of the best uh, goaltenders we've seen uh, in the mm-hmm. AHL this, this season. Um, and speaking of AHL goaltenders, um, Michael Hutchinson, um, who with Springfield didn't necessarily have uh, such a great run of it, um, you know, now with the, the Leafs. And uh, depending on the day, Leafs fans either love him or hate him. <laughs> he's either the savior, um, you know, when he's getting shutouts against Vancouver or, um, you know, he's, he's where you direct your fire. Uh, right. Losing four nothing against Nashville. So, uh, but Michael Hutchinson, um, you know, a, a, a goaltender who uh, was with the, the Jets organization and with the Manitoba Moose uh, for the most part last year, um, with uh, with Springfield this year, and and uh, and now will will flip flop between the the Leafs and the Marlies, and so we should see the Rocket may may see him uh, in games coming up. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to take one more quick commercial break uh, before we come back to wrap up all the talk about the World Juniors and how the prospects fared on the other side. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back with you after this short commercial break. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Well, Rick, the World Juniors have finally come to an end, and I think the the hangover is probably starting to wear off a little bit. It was uh, it was quite an exciting uh, medal round uh, this year, um, but the the Canadians uh, and and some of the Flyers prospects really really looked good um, in this tournament, um, and it's it's been obvious from all of the the post-tournament personnel movement that's been going on Uh, there's yeah there's certainly been um it's it's that season for for um, junior trades and and we've certainly seen some some blockbusters as uh participants from from uh the world juniors have been uh moved moved uh to uh some of the contenders in in the chl 
Um, mm-hmm. But the tournament I thought was 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 excellent, and there's uh, as there is, there's always um, uh, surprises, and and certainly uh, Switzerland in their fourth place finish um, was was notable. Um, the Finns um, uh, are now uh, with the gold and with their their uh, 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 record over the past few years have to be considered. Um, uh, that they're becoming a powerhouse in, in junior hockey. Um, and looking ahead to, to next year, um, certainly that group B is going to be very interesting with the U S and Russia and Canada all being in, in the same grouping. And so, um, you know, there's lots to be excited about in junior hockey um, for Canadians fans in particular, uh, Mark Bergevin, um, had a news conference uh, yesterday, and, and and part of what he was talking about was um, kind of his his impressions of of the World Juniors and um, for Team USA. I think everyone going into the tournament was all trained and ready to to uh, see great things from Jack Hughes, and because of his injury um, um, and and his inability to play the first couple games, it was Ryan Paling that that stepped mm-hmm. into that role uh and ryan paling was outstanding was named the best forward in in the tournament was named the mvp of the tournament um, he was amazing he was yeah he was and you know ryan paling has always been seen as as a as a two-way player as a perhaps a defensive minded forward but but his offense uh was on full display there and and um and he he was um, you know, a powerhouse in the, the, the game against Sweden. And, and um, you know, he was just, he was just excellent. And, and that has um, Canadians fans, you know, salivating about when he'll uh, be joining the big club. Um, Alexander Romanoff, I think for, for many fans was, was a bit of an eye opener. He was named um, the best defenseman in the tournament. Um, and he, could do it all. He has a shot. He had the offense. He, he, he hits, he hits to punish. He, he was uh, rushed as best defenseman and, and uh, as I said, the uh, best defenseman in the tournament. Um, and, and for the U S Caden Primo, I think was a bit of a surprise, um, not having the starters job when the tournament began, but grabbing onto it and, and, and carrying the, the U S to their, their silver medal. So, um, no, a, a, a great tournament and uh, and great for uh, Canadians prospects, Flyers prospects. Um, you know, we saw some notables there as well. I'd, I've I've always liked Morgan Frost, and and I thought uh, he looked he looked very good in in the mm-hmm. tournament uh, as well. Well, with him and and Joel Farabee both getting hat tricks, um, it was it was <laughs> nothing nothing for Flyers fans to be disappointed with there. Um, and I'm sure the Flyers organization was pleased with with how things uh, turned out with their prospects as well. As you say, um, Morgan Frost, uh, a notable for Team Canada, and Joel Farabee certainly uh, a, a key piece in in the Team USA puzzle as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was another really really exciting tournament. Um, it's always fun to watch. It's, it's kind of like, okay, now it's time to, that <laughs> you're already thinking about next year. And, and the great thing is, is that you've, you've, you've come to watch these prospects long enough. Now, now it's time to see what do they do? Um, you know, as you say, with all this, 
movement in junior that's going on, what will those what will those players, what kind of impact will those players have down the stretch and then into playoff runs and then uh, heading into the summer um, where we're going to see them pop up and crop up and, and what comes next for them. So uh, really good World Juniors tournament uh, and, and happy to see uh, the prospects that we cover performing as well as they did. Uh, speaking of performing well, we're hoping the Laval Rocket is going to be able to continue to uh, put points up uh, in the standings this weekend. They finally go back out on the road. Uh, during the month of December, I want to say that they only were on the road for one or two games, uh, and they I don't believe they've yet been on the road for the month of January. Um so they're finally going out. They've 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 had the comfort of home for a little while. So they'll be uh, boarding a plane and and heading out to uh, Winnipeg to take on the Manitoba Moose this weekend. That'll be Thursday night and Saturday night. Uh, I'll have all of the live game coverage on Twitter. You can find me at Flyers Rule and of course at the AHL Report. Uh, and and we'll have full game recaps on AHL dot report. Um, Thursday night's game, uh, they are central time out there. So Thursday night's game begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, Saturday's game begins at 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Central. So um, the Moose are not uh, at last year. The Moose were quite, uh, quite an opponent for most teams. Uh, that is not the case for Manitoba this year. They are uh, near the bottom or at the bottom of their division. Um, it's been a bit of a struggle for Manitoba this year. However, as I said, the Rocket haven't been on the road much uh, for the last month and a half. So who knows? Um, this could be Manitoba's opportunity to capitalize on, on a team that's maybe gotten a little comfortable being on home ice. But, Rick, you know hey. it's going to – Go ahead. And dress warm because uh, it's a little <laughs> early yet for the traditional January bond spiel thaws. So, um, yeah, they'll get a taste of, of Winnipeg weather, uh, maybe on their off day on on, uh, on Friday. Perhaps. And let's just uh, we'll we'll be sure to keep you updated with uh, any um, injury, anyone out on injury if they're happening happening to come back. Um, but it should be two good games against Manitoba uh, at MTS Place. Um, Mason Appleton, one of the guys that we just talked about for the All-Star Classic, uh, will certainly be a, be a name to watch uh, for the Manitoba Moose. So we will have you covered top to bottom for both of those games this week. And, of course, don't forget you can also follow Rick on Twitter at AllHabs. Uh, be sure you're tuning in every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern for the Canadians NHL-geared uh, podcast that Rick co-hosts with Joe Whalen. Um, that's a live podcast at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you'll catch that over at AllHabs. Be sure you be sure you tune in for that. Uh, and, of course, uh, our other podcasts, Have a Listen and Habs Unfiltered, all here on Rocket Sports Radio. Rick, we've got so many things to offer our listeners. Lots of content for all uh, kinds of, of, of um, interests and, and levels of interest. And, and, um, and we're happy to uh, have all of our followers engage with us on social media uh, as, they, uh, as they 
quickly digest all this content that we're putting out. Absolutely. We love bringing it to you each and every week. We hope that you enjoy consuming the content as much as we enjoy producing it. Uh, One thing you can be sure of, we will be right back here with you again next Tuesday here on From the Press Box at the AHL Report. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy to have you along today. Lots of information. You can be sure we'll have lots of information for you again next week. On behalf of Rick Stevens and everyone here at the AHL Report, have a great week. And keep on wishing Remember your dreams Is your only scheme So keep on pushing